Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me, as always, are my good buddies, Eddie Guevara and Chuck Caputo. Gentlemen, what's up? All right. Hello there. Hello. Uh, we're going to start off today. We haven't talked about a lot of our uh, our friends of the show for a while, but first we're going to get into, guys, remember the Mastery Mystery Robot Model Contest. That's kind of a uh, oh, yeah. cool there. <laughs> Well, we've extended it to October 31st, Ooh, 2022, yeah. 12 a.m. Halloween night. So nice. gives you guys an extra two months out there to head over to uh, 1878press.com to get your uh, your robot plans. There is a link on, if you guys go to houseoftheunusual.com, in the form, you'll see Mastery Mystery Robot Model Contest. Just go to that uh, that forum thread. You'll see the link there and all the rules and everything. You get a really cool uh, Frankenstein poster, seven-foot Frankenstein monster poster, over $140 value. All you got to do is pay the cheap shipping, and the poster is yours, man. It's it's really cool. So go over there and check it out for all the rules, and you'll get the link to uh, 1878press.com where you could find the, uh, the model uh, – plans which i've i'm still putting mine together it's uh i tell you what it's, it's tedious but it's fun i'm in the <laughs> gluing part now so what i've been doing is gluing the parts and then i have them i'm holding them together with uh kind of like these uh craft clothes spins that way it you know makes sure that it, the glue stays on there but yeah it's a uh it's a neat little project it's definitely uh challenging so if you guys like a challenge out there definitely check it out all right. Also, you know, we also got a lot of other cool stuff on houseoftheunusual.com. That's our flagship site. So definitely check that out. Also, you can head it over to mymoviemonsters.com. Scary Monsters number 128, the uh, horror host issue. They're, they're pre ordering it now. So it is available for pre order. And the issue 127, you could get it on the site or at your local uh, bookstore, usually Barnes and Noble. Somebody has it. That's the Island Ghouls issue, and it is a fright, one of the most frightening issues that they've put out in a long time. And then also, they have the copyrights for Castle of Frankenstein, so they are going to be putting out number 36 coming this fall. They, I don't believe there's a, an actual date yet. Keep checking back with MyMovieMonsters.com for the, um, the re- reemergence of Castle of Frankenstein with num- number 36. All right, so we got that one out of the way. We got our 1878 Press out of the way. And YouTube, House of the Unusual, check us out on there. Subscribe to our, our channel, like our videos, all that good stuff. Eddie and Chuck are always putting out some great videos on there, several every week. So just go to YouTube, search in House of the Unusual, and you will see our site. All right, all that stuff out of the way. Gentlemen, what's going on? Chuck, what's new? Uh, you know what? Keeping pretty busy. I actually made my rounds today. I went to um, I went to Home Depot. I went to Lowe's and a few other places to look at their Halloween stuff. And I'll tell you, oh, man, there's, nice. some neat, yeah, there's some neat stuff coming out. Target didn't quite have them up yet. They still have the uh, school, the, you know, the back to school stuff. But there is one neat thing that I got from Cracker Barrel. 
uh, it's a it's a skeleton hand that's attached to like an old desk bell, and oh, so cool. it's yeah. Uh, so when you walk near it, it'll it'll ding ding, and the finger goes up and down. <laughs> you know, it's like really cool, man. So I hooked it up with a remote activation type of thing. It'll ding on my command. So sometime in the future, God willing, I'll be making a brief uh, Halloween video, and I'll be using this in there. But yeah, uh, Cracker Barrel has it. It's like twenty five bucks. It's a really cool looking desk bell. It's it's a gold metal bell. Well, it's it's plastic, but it looks like metal. And the hand is really neat. It's a nice skeleton hand, and it, it and it goes up and down. It rings the bell. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah, I went to Target yesterday, and they didn't have any Halloween stuff up. They had the aisles getting prepped to put it up. They still had a lot of the school stuff. Yeah, that's the same out here in Pittsburgh. The aisles are pretty bare, but they still have some school stuff in there. I, I guess it's a matter of maybe maybe a few more days or, or you know, like a week or something like that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Walmart doesn't have their stuff up either yet. You know, I, Big I'm Lot, no, Big Lots does have Halloween stuff up, but I wasn't too impressed with what they had this year. And yeah, this year was pretty crappy with uh, Big Lots. I was surprised because they usually get some pretty nice stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff it, you you look at it and it's pretty cheaply made and all that, and it's very pricey, you know. I'm, and I'm guessing a lot of that is because inflation and everything. But there was just nothing there that I kind of looked at it and was like yeah i gotta have that for my decorations <laughs> no it didn't it didn't appeal to me either i i just walked around yeah. a little bit forget i don't see anything i really like target usually has pretty good stuff i don't know we'll see you know mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll try to stop at one of the uh, halloween stores or whatever you know sometime in the future yeah absolutely so eddie what's new with you <laughs> the same thing as you guys i went and i noticed target had most of the aisles ready but not the things out i was surprised that party city didn't really have anything out either, just a few items. But then I realized next to Party City, they're opening one of those Halloween stores that I think it's owned and ran by Party City. So, you know, I'm waiting to see that. But, um, and, and I mean, the store's just getting open now, so they're still stocking it. Uh, so I guess I don't know why they just did it so late. You would think it would be like August when they do that. But um, apparently that's where it is. Now, in Home Depot, I went there, nothing out yet. Uh, Lowe's, I'm, I was going to check out today, but yeah, you, you know, it's kind of funny when you guys said, I'm going to bring up this day, uh, with uh, big lots. I was surprised too, that they had like kind of crappy stuff. The only thing they have kind of cool is there's two large life-size skeletons carrying a coffin. Right. Right. Uh, but that's like 130, which I thought was absurd, especially since the skeletons they use sell for like 35 bucks each. Um, then the other thing that I found kind of cool was uh, what you're talking about. I mean, another thing, I'm sorry, I, Big Lots had the same haunted house from last year, which is one of the best items ever, but it's the same thing from last year. But what I was going to say to you guys that every year I go ahead and buy, and, and the hand you're talking about, Chuck, I, I think I bought a version of that hand okay. about maybe two years ago. But I also had a typewriter that types itself and the skeleton hand types and then Yeah, yeah. You know what? I bought that typewriter a few years ago and I and I uh, put together like a cool little routine. I'll send you the video later, Eddie. Yeah, that was about two or three years, maybe three years ago, the typewriter. That's yeah, neat. yeah. And I got I got like also remember the projector. They sold like two different projectors, one in Target, one in Big Lots. And then it goes like, did it, did it, did it, did you know that old Yeah, yeah. And you see like a skeleton dancing. I've got um quite a few of those things uh this year the the hand with the belt thing you kind of reminded me i was wondering where it is uh in my storage because yesterday <laughs> i spent a couple hours there and um 
I'm heading up. I'm heading up prior to Lake George uh, early tomorrow. Meet up with Dave up there, and discuss some new business ideas and ventures that we're going to be uh, launching. Um, overall, um, everything's pretty good. Everything's pretty good. I, I do have a very interesting thing that happened in my job, uh, and this was last week. Uh, not last week. I'm sorry. Yesterday, a new person moved in, and they're a big time social media uh, person. They have like millions of hits. They make their living off of this. And they were like, oh, I'm going to help promote your channel. So I said to them, give me a couple of days to figure it out. Because, uh, you know, you don't want to get too quick, whatever. But that might be a, an interesting thing for us. Nice. Um, other than that, I think that's about it, Joe. Um, oh, yeah. Before I forget, I was talking to Joe. I actually mentioned yesterday. I came across a brand new movie about ufos uh, you know it's it's not new i think because Stanton freeman is in it and i think he died about two or three years ago uh so you know it's probably about four or five but it's called uh out of the blue the ufo definitive collection or something like that i forgot mm. the exact name on it but um it was really good man it was an hour and a half or more almost two hours long and they show footage, man, that was absolutely amazing. And the best part I liked about it was that they went into Russia and they were talking with all the Russian generals and the different things that they saw. And then they had two American Air Force pilots that were sent out in, I think it was not Germany, but in London somewhere where we had a, a nuclear Air Force base or the Air Force base was uh, delivering nuclear bombs. And for a three-day period, they showed a lot of... Um, a lot of stuff going on and, and they said that they saw a craft that had crashed and three of the air force guys went into the woods they came across this craft that was nine feet tall i'm sorry nine feet wide about six feet tall and it was just hovering over the air with a red light and blue lights in the bottom red light on top and one of the the guys was saying that he touched the craft and it was still warm there was no landing gear but it was kind of interesting, though, because they're saying that they were there, the two one, you know, the two guys, they took note, uh, they took whatever, and, and they said it went up into the air, it took off, and it just shot out and left. But I don't know. I don't know if Joe ever heard of that. Uh, I know that they, uh, they were showing American uh, people that work for the government here, from Clinton to before Clinton, Jimmy Carter, uh, where the government, United States government had asked for NASA and stuff to open up and, and you know, they got a, a no answer, basically, including President Clinton. <laughs> and, and they were told, no, we're not, <laughs> you know, there's no, I don't know, that's kind of interesting that even the president wouldn't know. But anyway, Joe, what's your take? Well, that documentary you're, you're talking about, I'm looking at the, the picture you sent me, it's from 2003. UFO TV presents out of the blue, the definitive investigation on uh, UFOs. And I, you know, we were talking about that last night real briefly, and I was thinking about it. And I, I want to say that I, I seen that when it came out or shortly after it came up, but I don't remember too much about the documentary. I might have to check it out again. Yeah, I'll have to check this out. Yeah, it's amazing how fast time goes. Look, that's already been close to 20 years old yeah wow. oh gee yeah almost 20 years old <laughs> wow i thought it had been more recent uh because i don't recall ever seeing that but that's interesting joe wow yeah but, but you know what there was um the movie you mentioned last week i i did get to see um 
the other day. The flight that disappeared from 1961. Loved it. Loved it. Great movie. I, I tell you what, that's a that was a great movie. I can't believe it hasn't had more um you know exposure or any exposure. I've never even heard of it before. No, me neither. <laughs> that was a fantastic movie. I'll tell you the thing that freaked me out, which I was telling Eddie uh I on the phone last week, is there was a there was a, a dining area on that plane. I've I, I've never seen a dining area like that in my life where you can sit in like a private room kind of, and you can have a drink. Uh, you know, she said, hey, let's go into the dining area, you know, to get a drink. What are you talking about? I mean, I've never seen anything like that on a on a plane in my life. Yeah, that was, you know, it's really cool to see at that time how the planes look compared to today. I mean, you were allowed to smoke on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, there was like a very personal relationship between the stewardesses and the, the passengers. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, the and, stewardess nowadays, they like begrudgingly give you something to drink, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, they have a look on their face like, oh, if I really have to, you know. It's yeah. Like, oh, man. yeah, it was it's a, it's a different look at how, you know, flying used to be and how kind of open it was, you know from the, the cockpit wasn't really secured too much and no. you know it was more of like a um a, they were everybody was more close-knit than they are now Absolutely. now it's like you know you just get on the plane sit down shut up and you know we'll yeah, get shut, to where we're going yeah shut, shut your pie hole you might get but, some crackers if you're lucky right? yeah really crackers <laughs> and some flat pop <laughs> you know you know, it's kind of funny, Joe, when you're saying exactly what you're saying and, and the stuff. I mean, what I was going to tell you, Chuck, I did get on, a, I think it was a JetBlue uh, plane about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah. And I was sitting in the very, very last seat. And I did notice in the very end where the uh, students were, uh, some, this is actually the first plane that I noticed had that. Did have like a long seat where the students were able to sit like next to each other, like a sofa type of thing. And they had like the whole kitchen and area back there. So I, I did notice and I said, wow, it's kind of like a large area back there. Yeah. Um, and, in the really, and the bathrooms are something else. Those are so little. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of interesting, too. But they're little. But at the same time, they're not dirty, man. No, they're not I dirty. mean, it's surprising. You get on a bus, man. Good luck if you... If you you can, but I, the bathrooms in the plane, especially JetBlue, they're very nice. I, they're I clean. gotta admit that. Yeah, they're clean. Um, but you're looking at 1961, <laughs> which is you know we're talking about probably where the flying. I'm sure it must have cost a fortune to fly back in those days. Yeah. And and if you notice, um, things were like kind of. But that movie, I was just scrolling to YouTube. I forgot what it was. And I came across, and, and it just caught my attention. But I, I was very surprised that it's a very good film, not a long film, but it caught my attention throughout the whole film. And it had a, but that's what I thought it was kind of done like before the atomic bomb because of the, you know, the story behind it, right? How they're about to invent it, but you know, it was actually '61. So yeah, I think I, 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 I was like. I was like you. It, it caught my attention the whole way through. I, I just kept wanting to see what was going to happen. Yeah, it was amazing. And the whole concept behind it, like uh, I, I think uh, I, when Eddie first told us about this, it kind of felt like a Twilight Zone. It really did. Yeah, it really did, yes. And, and you know what? I'm glad, I'm glad that you said that, Chuck, because this week we are going to, um, instead of having a movie or TV show of the week, for uh -oh. Crypto Classics, we're gonna have a uh, a Twilight Zone. Ooh, all right. I love. Oh. You know, you you you, you brought that up yet yeah, at the perfect time, man. Oh so, my goodness, you know, I'm, the, I'm the number one Twilight fan. Okay, what's the yeah. uh, Twilight Zone? Yeah, oh. you're you're like the, the 
you know, you, you could read minds and all that because you knew that was, was coming. <laughs> but, you know, for everyone out there, and we talked about the flight that disappeared last week. If you're a fan of Twilight Zone, watch this movie because it's just it's an hour and 12 minutes of a Twilight Zone episode. And you'll, re- you'll really enjoy it. Uh, it does have some atomic bomb. Uh, themes and all that for the atomic age, which was pretty typical in, you know, the 60s because we, we were at the height of the Cold War and everything. But check that movie out. So this week for Cryptic Classics, we, uh, we're we going to go with The Twilight Zone. Now, the original Rod Serling uh, Twilight Zone, 1959 to 64. And what I want people to do out there is you know, maybe watch an episode that you haven't seen in a while or never seen and let us know about it on house of the unusual.com under the forum thread, uh, crypto classics. I'm going to put a little post on there for the twilight zone for this week's, uh, crypto classics and let us know under there, which, um, which twilight zone episode you watched, what you thought of it. And let us know some of your, your favorite twilight zone episodes or even some that you don't really care for. Cause I, Myself, I have a few of, of my favorites, and there's some that are just kind of like, right. eh, you know, if I don't watch them again, that's okay. But they're not bad, but, you know, they're, they're not too good. So that is going to be our uh, our Crypto Classics oh. for the week, yeah. the Joe, Twilight Zone. Joe, you were supposed to say we will evoke in a new, you know, you got to sound like the Twilight Zone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'll leave that to Rod Serling. He could, <laughs> he could do it. <laughs> Listen, oh. uh, I wanted to also tell you guys, I was so intrigued by the movie. Um, the flight that got, you know, that disappeared. And one thing I noticed, I don't know if it's available on DVD or not. I, uh, it was kind of weird, but I did order the poster, man. <laughs> I ordered it on eBay. It's a really nice poster for it. Um, it's an original poster. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's original. I think it's a reprint, but it's like 20 by 40. But if you notice, it looks really cool. It looks like, uh, a plane has been hijacked. It's got, you know, it looks good. The guy who's the pilot actually there looks like he's in, in a trance looking into space, you know. Uh, Joe, I think it was you who sent me the uh, link for the poster. Okay. But um, it's really cool. But, I mean, I'm very surprised with that film that I've never heard of it before. Like no. you said, Joe, it was shocking. And yet it was so cool. And, and that's what I experienced when I bought that box set of 50 horror films and stuff in the past. When uh, I think, uh, not Sam Good, I'm thinking Sam Goody's, I'm going way back. With FYI video, when it was going out of business, I bought it for like, I think it was like seven bucks or eight ninety nine, And I started watching those films and I got shocked at how many of those films from the 50s that you never even hear of that are so good. They're equivalent oh, yeah. to this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys mentioned Rod Serling. I'll tell you what, he was. He was so far ahead of his time. I mean, that guy was beyond creative. Holy smokes. First with the Twilight Zones and later in the early to mid-70s, just before he died, was the Night Gallery. And uh, Oh, I love Night Gallery. Yeah. You know what? I think his wife, Carol, I think her name was, if I'm not mistaken, she just passed away about a year or two ago. Wow. And she was like 90 or maybe 91 or something. He was only when he died. He died in 1975. He smoked like four packs a day from what I read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that might do it to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so they, uh, so, so what they attempted to do was do like a primitive heart bypass surgery. And I think he died on the operating table. He was only 50 years old. And, wow. Uh, Chuck, but the, the guy was brilliant. Oh, my goodness. Chuck, tell uh, Dave, uh, I mean, t- tell Dave, I'm sorry. Tell Joe what you did about the movie The Flight That Disappeared. What did you do right after you saw it? Uh, 
uh, I don't know. Eat some potato chips? What? What did I do? No, no, no. <laughs> Didn't you tell me you looked up everybody had died from the movie? Oh, I always do that. I always check up this cast. Yeah, you know what? I don't know why. That's uh, something that I always do when I watch a movie. Uh, you know what? As best I remember, the only person that's still alive is the uh, dark-haired woman that was one of the main characters with the thick eyebrows. You know, she she's in her 80s. And, and as far as, you know, she had short hair on, short hair on there. And uh, I think she's about 80 maybe 84, 85, somewhere around there. But the other people, they're all dead. Everybody's dead on there. I do the uh, same thing, Chuck, when I'm watching a movie or TV show, especially old ones. I'd like to see, you know, a little bit about the actors and actresses and see, are they still alive? Um, Were they young or old when they died? I've I've noticed a lot of these old-time actors and actresses, they died fairly young. Yeah, they they did. When uh, we watched that Lex Barker movie not too long ago, I checked him out. He was in his early 50s when he died. Yeah, a lot of it had to do with, you know, them, you know, like you said, Rod Serling smoked a lot. They A lot of people smoked, you know, back then. That was the the thing to do. So, you know, I started noticing that, but I also wanted to see, you know, what else were were they in? You know, who were they married to? You know, what kind of like their their personal life stuff? I I find it interesting while I'm watching. Yeah, I do. For some reason, I always, I always checked into stuff like that. You know what? And I, and you know, I haven't done it recently, but I used to go on a website. I don't even know if it's still on there. It was called deadpeopleserver.com. <laughs> yeah, and it tells you who's still alive, like the Hollywood stars from the years ago and like who's dead and stuff. And I mentioned that to people like I was in a, I was a, somewhere and I said, yeah, I go on deadpeopleserver.com. They looked at me like I was the strangest person in the world. So I don't even bring that up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, when you're saying people dying young, it's true, uh, Joe. If you look and you take a look at everybody, all the famous actor from, uh, you know, not this guy that lived in Hoboken, New Jersey, Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra. But when you look at all the other actors, they usually die between the ages of 55 and 60. Absolutely. Like very few people went past 60, which is really surprising. Um, and it's sad, too. But then again, it's like the smoke. It doesn't Rod Serling, when he starts entering into the Twilight Zone, a lot of times he's holding a cigarette in his hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was. Oh, he was a chronic smoker. And I think that that he originally wanted to, to get Orson Welles to do the narration. Uh, uh, but I think he wanted way too much money. So that's when Rod Serling did it himself. And you know what? It turned out so good. You know, I couldn't even like imagine someone else doing that. I know. I know. You know, uh, I couldn't imagine Orson Welles doing it. I'm sure he would have done a great job, but just wouldn't be the same. No, right, no, no, not the same. Orson Welles just had the voice and, and he could, you know, like Orson Welles did a, a movie way back. It was called The Late Great Planet Earth. Right. That's the first time I ever heard of him uh, as a kid because I didn't know anything about him in the 1930s. I mean, I'm a little too young for uh, the 1939 thing, you know. But um, when he did the World of the Worlds and stuff like that, that made him really famous. And then Citizen Kane, the movie. I, I mean, the thing about Orson Welles, he was a great speaker. I personally, I know a lot of people say Citizen King was one of the best films ever done and stuff. Yeah. I kind of watched it. I couldn't go through the whole thing. Yeah. You know what? I was always curious about that movie, too. I heard so much about it. I guess about eight years ago, I did finally rent it, and I watched it, and I just didn't care for it, you know? I didn't really like Orson Welles. There was something about him I didn't care for. I, I know I've he, never seen that movie. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. You know what I mean? I didn't like it nearly no, as much. Me as well. No, Orson yeah. Welles was very popular. I mean, I liked Orson Welles because of that movie, uh, The Late Great Planet Earth. But you know what? To be honest with you, um, 
I don't know. They they just said that Citizen Kane was such a well done movie that they, this is what I heard that they actually uh, blackballed him in Hollywood for some reason. I forgot what that reason was, mm-hmm. and they didn't make the movie. But the 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 whole thing is with Orson Welles, the voice is a killer, and that's where Chuck that's where he, in. right. Yeah. Chuck is a mixture. Well, Chuck is a mixture of Orson Welles and uh. and Jack. <laughs> this is the Wolfman here. <laughs> you know what? And then. Uh... You know, uh, I think he was an amateur magician, if I'm not mistaken, too. You know, and so uh, you know, he did dabble with ma- in the field of uh, magic as well and everything. But I don't, I don't really know if he accomplished anything uh, too much in that field. But yeah, I mean, but the man, I mean, the guy had a great speaking voice. But I didn't care for him as an actor. There's just something about him I didn't, I didn't like. I don't know. I can't pinpoint it. Well, you know, Orson Welles is his his voice. Uh, a lot of that, the way he spoke, was artificial. He it was artificial. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what they called that because it was re- really popular at the time. It's something like, um, it's like a mixture of British and American, something, something mm-hmm. Atlantic. I, I, I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. It was real popular at the time, and um, you know that along with his his natural, you know, tenor voice, you know, made him sound you know absolutely phenomenal, and it. Right really helped him out in his career especially on radio Mm -hmm, definitely that's actually where he started radio that's where he started radio yeah you're right hey but you mentioned about the ufos uh saturday i guess late afternoon my cousin kenny had invited my wife and i uh sherry up to a little cookout you know you know with his wife his daughter and a few of his uh friends and so forth so i just came from a show so I come home, I put the animals away, and I said, okay, Sherry, let's go. So she brought a cake along that she baked and so forth. You know what? It all started out really nice. You know what? We all talked about, oh, yeah, how's the wife and kids, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know what? Before you know it, we said, wow, you know what? What about uh, what about these aliens, huh? You know, how about this Area 51? <laughs> so my cousin Kenny and I were out in the, on the backyard talking out there literally uh, for like three hours about aliens, uh, unsolved mystery. It was something. So Sherry goes, come on, let's get home. Let's leave. It's getting late. Yeah, it was, it was actually kind of humorous. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask you, when you're talking about UFO, uh, Joe, uh, you've probably seen it, of course, because like you say, you probably saw it when it came out. There, there's a thing, I think it's from Spain or something, where they show a UFO going above a couple of buildings. It's like a, an actual film. Uh, do you know which one I'm talking about? It's kind of like a, an off-color film. It looks like it's kind of black and white slash. Uh, it's got that, uh, what do you call that color, like sepia? Yeah, you know I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. I don't know. I wanted you to check that out because it shows a saucer going across a couple of buildings right above the buildings. But if you look at it, right, and you kind of look at it, it kind of wobbles as it's going in circles. And it looks like, let's say you took a paper plate and you spin it on a string, and then you know you're moving, and you know how it does that wobbly thing. I wanted you to check that out. It's on that film, but give mm. me your input on that because it, they showed it there, like kind of like a real film. And I, I don't know, I the, the way it wobbled and stuff just didn't look too. But it, it looked really. I mean, I don't know. Check it out. Let me know your opinion on that. Cause yeah, I, I definitely want to. I'm gonna try to catch that documentary this week because I'm almost pretty sure I've seen it, but. I don't remember it for if I did watch it, it was probably around the time when it, it first came out somewhere around 2004 or five, but yeah, it looks interesting. So, but I've never heard of that. I don't think I've ever heard of that Spain one. Maybe it'll, if I see the video, it'll jog my memory, but uh, nothing's well, coming to me now. 
Yeah, as you're watching the film, they they show actual like footages and stuff from the different ones, and uh, you know the, then the, the famous uh, you know the famous UFO photographs. One is like you see a dark shadow. One thing looks like an upside down paper plate. Right. And you know it has all the different pictures that we are accustomed to seeing, but that particular one that it's like a film and it's flying across the thing in the top there. Now I know it's kind of like hard to figure out how that can happen because the buildings are like 30, 40 stories high. You know, like how, it, but it, it, I don't know. It's just the way it was, because when it was spinning around as it spun, it kind of wobbled, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it made me think it, it looks like somebody holding a plate on a string and spinning it around. But, you know, it, it came out really good, whatever job they did. You know? <laughs> uh, I'm sure. there's, a, there's a cool site that I, I stumbled upon a couple months ago. I actually heard the, the lady speak on... Um, one of the podcasts I listened to about UFOs and all that. And uh, her website is called skyshipsovercashiers.com. And it, she's from, uh, I guess, Cashiers, North Carolina. But she posts a lot of um, really cool images. I'm actually looking at it right now. A lot of cool images about UFOs and Bigfoot on there. Um, videos, photographs, um, interviews with people. And it, She's always updating it constantly. I think every week it's it's updated yeah. with stuff. But yeah, it's called skyshipsovercashiers.com. And it's I have it bookmarked. It's I, I check the site a couple times a week just to see what she's posted on there. But there's really cool stuff on there now. Like there's one with um Bigfoot peeking in the house window and it shows a photo of you know some creature staring in through a window and there's some accompanying photos that people have found that looks like uh, shelters that a, a Bigfoot or somebody may have made in the woods and uh, interviews with uh, people that had confrontations with Big with Bigfoot that have seen them. So it's really interesting. There's another cool one. It's called Large Orb in Front of the Sun. And it's showing a, a picture of this looks like a black orb in front of the sun. And then uh, it's showing some other pictures of it and uh, some other UFO photos, but yeah, it's really cool. I would definitely suggest uh, everyone out there, check it out. Cause there is a lot of uh, interesting information on there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've wow. seen, I've seen that one over the sun, the orb. I've seen that, but uh, Joe, there, did you remember that in the movie in the beginning, they're talking about the one over Phoenix, Arizona. I think it was the big triangular crap. Oh, that was white. huge. That was oh huge. yeah. Phoenix lights. Yeah. What 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 whatever whatever came out of did they ever say or was that real was it a hoax because a lot of people were saying they they seen this huge thing and I'm like how could something like that first get unnoticed and nobody has pictures of it that's what I found really weird when the whole town was watching it you know well there, there's it? there's tons of photos of it there's tons of videos of it oh, that people yeah. took and remember it was 1997 so there there was no cell phones and all that but there were some people that took. Uh, video of it with their handheld uh, camera there are some uh, photos of it but it's there's nothing you know clear because it was at night you could kind of see the structure a little bit and some of the lights Um, but yeah it it was pretty interesting I don't think that they ever you know kind of figured out what it was but it was seen over a large area I think the air force was claiming that it was flares but I mean but the lights were perfectly spaced you know what I mean? I, I find it hard to believe it would be flare. Yeah, they did say flare. I think yeah, they there was one that it was uh, uh, flares. I, I can't remember what some of the other ones were. But I do remember the flares. I'm thinking, well, 
this was seen over a couple states, you know. I don't yeah. think those flares are <laughs> doing that. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, but when you get something like that, it, it just makes me wonder the fact that it was shaped like a triangle, that it might be that craft, you know, that they still haven't come out with saying they have, that for the last couple of years they've been talking about a, a triangular spacecraft we have. I wonder if it's that, because remember, it is over like the Arizona area, which is where they have that, you know, experimental base, and that's where they... They were flying back in the 70s and 80s, the stealth bombers and stuff. And people were saying UFO, UFO, and then it was them, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was some type of, you know, top secret military project. And they were probably out on a test flight or, or something like that. I, I doubt it was. I, yeah. Or bring men be... from Mars, <laughs> you know? No, no. You, you know, another thing, I don't know if you guys ever saw, there's, there's a film I seen a while back. It's like Russia, and they're like investigating a crash UFO, and it's kind of funny though because they show like the army people walking around this UFO like this, but when they get next to it, you can see that the UFO disc is like about six feet off the ground, you know, and meaning it's a small thing, and, and from far away they make it look like it's a huge thirty foot saucer. <laughs> Did you ever yeah. see that film, uh, Joe? No, I. Where was that from? From Russia. It's supposed no, to be like a, a Russian UFO and thing. I mean, there's so much stuff out there, man. But there was um somebody was talking about a video, and I I found it online about a video. I think it was from the um, gosh, I can't remember now. It was either from the late 20s or early 30s out of uh, Russia, and they were doing uh, stuff with a it was a uh, the head of a dead dog, and they had electrodes hooked up to it. Oh, and yeah. they were making the dog react to food in front of it. So they put some food in front of it and like the tongue was going at it. You could see the nose going and it's like the dog was coming back to life. And then there's another video of supposedly they um, they had euthanized the dog and they brought the dog back to life and it was, you know, running around. Now, the videos are the videos are old. So it's it's nothing new that was done with um say you know any of the technology we have today but it's unsure if that was propaganda videos or if it was mm -hmm. something that you know was actually you know happening at the time now you got to remember russia was pretty you know they were very advanced at that that time with, with right stuff like that so it i i think that it, it is very probable i don't know what would be the reason to have any type of propaganda videos like that at the time uh because but, you, you know, know it really wasn't any you know the cold war wouldn't be for a couple of decades so i i kind of tend to lean on the side that maybe the the video with with the dog head uh is true but the video of them bringing the dog back to life to running around maybe a, might be a little bit of an exaggeration right you know joe uh this film i watched from 2003 or whatever you said the year was they actually one of the generals from russia and this is a guy who's talking right after Cold War. He retired. Now he says, Russia back in, he goes back in the 70s or 80s, whatever, when this, whatever was happening, he goes, we didn't have the technology for that. Imagine way back in the 50s. So it was saying that Russia itself was not yet up in technology. And this is, we're talking the 80s. So I, I doubt that very much. But another thing I wanted to tell you about Russia, if you see, there's a beautiful, I mean, I'm telling you, this you guys have got to see. If you haven't seen it, I think it's on, um, I think I watched it on YouTube, if I'm correct, but it could be prime time video from Amazon, one of the two. The Kursk, the sinking of the Kursk. 
how the Russians, I mean, it's it's a beautiful, almost two-hour episode. Uh, they go through the entire, you know, how the Kursk sank and, and the guys died under the ocean and all that stuff. And I got to tell you one thing about the thing. They're showing modern-day Russia. The Kursk only sank about five, six, seven years ago, if I remember. Maybe right. A little more, I don't quite know. But the sinking of the Kursk and everything, when you see Russia and they're going, and in this movie, it's like a National Geographic, so they're actually in Russia and stuff. The buildings in Russia and the way they're living in Russia is equivalent, I think, to the way we lived here in 1975, 1980. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? So I do understand what you're saying, the technology and stuff. But I don't know if the Russians are really that far in advance in technology. I could see the Germans maybe doing a video like that. and But I don't know if the Russians seem to be kind of like... A, you know, they might be militarily, they might have things, but I, I could see them, th their technology is kind of bad still. And I could tell you from an experience, I had a camera that was uh, Russian made. Uh, I forgot the name of it and stuff. And the camera was really, and this was back in the early 80s, 90s. It was like a 1950s thing, and it was horrible. Well, yeah, you have to look at, the, there's really kind of two two areas of development in Russia. You have pre-code cold war and post cold war right. and they they were very very advanced pre cold war um they really kind of led the world in mathematics and physics uh chemistry they they had their astronomy you, you know division was was very developed biology um and that led to a lot of uh you know, military and aviation technology, you know, especially for World War II and everything and leading into the Cold War. It was kind of when they got to the Cold War and, you know, communism really kind of took mm -hmm. its hold when they, they took a hit in a lot of their, their sciences and everything. Um, and they still had a little bit going because they wanted to beat, you know, the, the world in certain aspects, especially space technology. So, you know, they had... Um, they had that first, uh, what was it, Sputnik 1 that launched in 1957. So that was the first one up. They had some military tanks that were some of the best in the world. Um, so their, their technology was there, especially in pre-World uh, War II. And so it, it would kind of, you know, when you're dealing with something like bringing, you know, a life back to, you know, back to life, you know, you're dealing with some different technology there. And I think that it, it could have been... Um, a project that was in development and could have been, you know, shifted over to, you know, kind of like a, uh, a classified area of the government because they, they were a very, you know, the government was very secretive, especially during world war, you know, leading up to into world war two. And then especially even more in the cold war. So oh, absolutely. I kind yeah. of believe it was there. And if, you know, someone's saying, Oh, they didn't have the technology, you know, back then for this, I, I I'd have to disagree or say that that person spreading, disinformation because there's tons of information out there to prove that they did have this technology and a lot of it was kept from you know the public eye you know yeah, i got a question for you guys since we're on the subject of uh, of russia in 1908 there was an explosion over there do you know uh, uh, can you remember what that was it was the, the Grenoble, i think it was or something no not the Grenoble. no tanguska tanguska yeah, it the Tunguska event. Yeah, it, was, it was a 1908. Nobody knows exactly what the heck it was, but it like leveled. I couldn't tell you how many forests 
and like the shock waves were felt around the world. I mean, that's all mega. It was yeah, gigantic. That's a famous uh, UFO type of thing. I've I've seen that many times. Yeah. The, yeah, but it's true. What Joe, Joe, you just actually opened my eyes. You're right. Now, Chuck, speaking of that, have you heard of the uh, the Chilibisk incident as well? Oh, oh yeah, that does sound familiar. Yep. So that was in 2013. Let me. I'd have to look it up. Um, yeah, 2013. So yep. supposedly it was a uh, a meteor something that came and uh, exploded over Chilibisk, and it it was a mm-hmm. smaller version of Tunguska, but yeah, it it decimated a, a quite a large area, and mm-hmm. they they really kind of made it you know similar to the uh, Tunguska uh, event, which you know I kind of think that might have been some type of you know, maybe meteor explosion, maybe, or a big That's one. I, I don't know. It's interesting. They yeah. said that about Tunguska, but what, what country is that that you said, Joe? It's in Russia, and it's a Chil- Chilibisk. Let me see how to, Chilibisk. to spell it. Uh, it's spelled C-H-E-L-Y-A-B-I-N-S-K, Chilibinsk. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember that. I never heard of that one, but... Uh... Yeah, that was. I remember hearing about that on on the radio. It was all over, you know, like coast to coast AM and all these other different ones at night. And they were talking about the this this explosion that that happened there. And I'm I'm looking on um I'm looking on online right now, and they're thinking that it was a uh, a meteor that came in and uh, exploded and caused this huge amount of, of destruction. So it's saying that the blast yielded 400 to 500 kilotons of TNT. Wow. Uh, so let's see, 26 to 33 times as much energy as that released from the atomic bomb detonated at uh, Hiroshima. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That wow. wow. <laughs> Joe, did you uh, get to hear, since you're here coast to coast, did you hear uh, David Harvestat? He had, um, there was an interview there that was given by the guy, uh, Rauscher, I think that he did concerning Tom, what's it, Mitchell, the sixth man on the moon? Oh, Edgar, Edgar, Edgar Mitchell. Mitchell. Edgar Mitchell, yeah. and, and you know, there's a book that sold on 1878 Press that it's it's written about Edgar Mitchell because he was pretty good friends with uh, Rauscher. Oh, and, wow. Um, and nice. the, it came on Coast to Coast. There was an interview for it about a year ago. No, I, I, haven't, I haven't listened to Coast to Coast in actually a couple of years because they – they they really kind of changed uh, the direction they went there, so I I haven't listened to it in years. Yeah, they, once Art Bell I think passed, it, it wasn't the same no more. Because when Art Bell was running all that, it was kind of cool. Yeah, I know. I think even if you try to hear back episodes, you got to pay for them. I don't even think it's free. Which uh, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of kind of any of the. Uh, they had a few good guest hosts that were interesting to listen to, but a lot of their topics are the are kind of the, the same anymore and they've really gotten away from mm-hmm. you know the way art bell had made it so i just i kind of yeah. i got other stuff that i'd rather listen to we'll put it that way yeah you know when you when you talk about russians bringing life i mean remember dr frankenstein did it in 1931 with the film <laughs> yeah yeah he brought him back to life then yeah. hey, speaking of those old films guess what uh I finally started reading, which I ha- I've wanted to read in a while. Don't tell I- me. What's that? Don't tell me it's Frankenstein, the original. No, I, I tried reading reading that maybe a year ago, and I just 
after about 30 pages, I just I couldn't do it anymore. Wow, you couldn't do it. <laughs> no, but I started reading uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Is it good? I mean, That's, it is oh. it is freaky. It is so a, it, it's a creepy book, man. Oh, Are God. you serious? Oh, it's it's fantastic. You know what? Every once in a while, you know, like if I book a, a hotel or something, they'll say, what's the name, sir? I'll say uh, Jonathan Harker. <laughs> you know just to play games you know they go okay yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah it's it's weird i was surprised that it was uh i didn't know it was written in like kind of like a diary format different you know right different characters diaries but this one this version i got of the book it's all stories of uh brahm stoker so it has um layer of the white worm in it Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of his uh, short stories that have to do with uh, vampires as well. So, and it's nice. They put them all in kind of like a chronological order. So uh, I've started reading, you know, obviously Dracula. So, and then I'm going to go from there. They also have the, um, I think it's the mystery at sea was the other one, which I, I never heard of. Mm-hmm. And then uh, of course, layer the white worm. So yeah, I'm excited that, but the regular Dracula is, if anybody out there's on the fence about reading it or think that oh it's you know an older book and all that it's it's very easy to read his writing is i i think it's great because he he just the way he writes even though it's in like a kind of like a journal mm-hmm. diary format um it's very easy to go through and it, you kind of get a nice uh vivid uh view of what he was kind of thinking about of you know what like Dracula's castle and the roads leading up to it look like. So yeah, it was, it's interesting. I, I, I can't wait to, uh, to finish it and read some of the other ones too. Yeah. You know, Joe um, and, and Chuck a couple of years ago, I think it was close to like, I don't know, 2000, 2001 uh, there. And this is kind of funny for me to say this, but there was um, a, a, a line of books. I think it was geared to children like, uh, Scary story, but it was called Lemony Snicket. The unfortunate events. You know, it, I don't know if you guys ever even tried, but I, I, I don't know why I picked up one of the books one day, and I'm reading this book, and I couldn't put it down, man. I read the entire book in one night, like I didn't go to sleep till I finished, and it kept drawing me into the second. I go, are you kidding me? Like you know, for you to get drawn into a book that you right. can't put it down. It's it's crazy, and they did it. That that writer achieved that. Uh, I did stop in the second or third book. I said ah, I can't keep doing this, but um, I, I you know it was kind of funny. And I got this life size stand up of a guy dressed in black suit. He's standing with his back, and and he's kind of holding the books in back of his hand. And that was at the store display, and they gave it to me. I still have it today. But I, I thought that that's one of those things. I wonder if what you're talking about, Brian Stoker, is the same thing. I mean, is it Brian Stoker you said? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like that? Is it like uh, a book you can't put down? You know what? Yeah. To me, it is. I think it's, <laughs> it's, I, I, I was reading it and I'm trying to visualize the movie from 1931. And there's a lot of, of differences. So that was kind of hard to kind of, you know, put the movie aside and, and just go with the book because there's a lot of differences. And, um, you, you could tell the movie took a lot of liberties itself. So, but yeah, I, I couldn't put the book down. I think within the first 
you know, two hours I was reading it, man. I had like 40 pages and I'm like, oh, yeah. crap, I got I to gotta get to work. <laughs> when you're saying that, uh, movies, did you guys ever watch The Bat with Vincent Price? Oh, cool. Cool. Oh, yeah. Love it. Oh, you did watch The Bat. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there's, uh, so then I guess you guys. Uh, that was with Agnes. Agnes yeah, Agnes Moorhead, which yeah, uh, yeah. it makes me laugh that she actually looked nice one time, you know. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. she wasn't that pretty in the other one in uh, no. Bewitch. But, um, you know, when what do you guys, I mean, in your opinion, what do you guys think overall of the house on Haunted Hill? I mean, my opinion is the original house on Haunted Hill and the bat together. But, I mean, the bat, not as much. But the house on Haunted Hill, I think it's one of the best films I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. I love it. That's a really cool idea. I love the whole concept. I like the background, the whole uh, scenery. Uh, no, it's a fantastic movie. I agree with you. That'd be cool to have a, a, a drive and do the bat in the house on Haunted Hill as like a Ooh. double feature. feature. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that yeah. would be nice, man. Hey, if you toss a little Dr. Fibes in there, I'm there. Man. Ooh, man, that, oh, man. <laughs> that that the, would be good. Yeah, it's like, yeah, after you watch the, the double creature feature, if you want to uh, stay for the extra uh, <laughs> Dr. Fibes, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Domino yeah. Dr. Fibes. That, that used to be when they used to play two movies all the time. You always had a double feature. Yeah. Uh, but um, what I like about The House on Haunted Hill, I got to admit, to be honest with you, I, I like the film so much. I think I bought about 11 copies of the film. Wow. And you do like the, the, you know, the box artwork is a little different. I buy it. And I also bought the colorized version, which is it's pretty good, man. If you guys never looked at the colorized version. Oh, it's it's, it's fantastic. I love it. it really I think I think that young girl in there committed suicide, if I'm not mistaken. If you're, if I, you're kidding. If I, yeah. I, one? Yeah, I think she committed suicide, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Wow. Yeah. That's exactly. that, there is I, I think you're you're right about that, Chuck, because I had look looked that up at uh one point. Uh yeah, I'm a you know what, like I said, I'm very strange. I always look up the cast members. I don't know. You know was it after the Carolyn Craig? That's it. That's it. Yeah, Carolyn Craig, self-inflicted uh, gunshot wound. Yeah. yeah. What? Really? Yeah. Yep. Sure. Yeah, nineteen seventy. Yeah, Sherry sure told pretty. me. Sure, he told me already. Oh, I married a strange one. I said, Yes, you did. <laughs> wait, wait. And why? She, how old was she when she committed suicide? I mean, the film was done in the 1950s, right? She was 36. Yeah. In yeah. 1970, how could that be? Yeah, because she was. Um, it's a shame. Let's see. So she was born in 1934, and the film was 59. Mm-hmm. 34, 44. So she was a little bit over 20 years old when uh, she was in the film. Right. Oh wow, man, that's crazy. Yeah, so she was 36 when she uh killed herself. Yeah. A lot of these, you know, the you know, the actors and actresses had uh you know had had a had a terrible end. You know what I mean? It's a shame. That 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 really blew my mind when you said that because I think one of the things I like about that film the most and you know, when you look at the French poster, which I think you guys have seen a bunch of times that I sent you pictures of it with the blue background her face in there is what makes that poster and the oh, skeleton. Uh, that, yeah. that that poster, the French version of that poster. And I don't know if you guys ever seen the French version of the the bat, but that is also phenomenal, man. It has like a, a shadow of Vincent Price and his hand is like a skeleton with a glow mm-hmm. around his hand. Yeah. It's really an awesome poster, man. Do you, have an, do you have an original of uh, House on Haunted Hill? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to tell you. I, I, 
you know, this, I went to Chiller back about, I don't know, 10 years ago. And they had one. The guy was asking $555 for it. And I'm like, 555 huh? That's pretty cheap for it. <laughs> no, but this is 10 years ago, you know? So I, I, went around, I, will, I, I went around and around for it. And, um, I, you know, I, I kind of asked the guy, you know, I, I was waiting till the end to see if I could talk him down to like 350 And I took, you know, 500 bucks and I go, and I go, I go, whoa, where is it? Just right before I go, somebody just bought it. Oh, wow. And I go, how much you sold it for? And he goes, I took it down. I took the price down. He actually gave me 600 I go, what? I was going to talk him down. But anyway, I told the guy, if you ever come across it took 10 years. Finally, last year, the guy calls me up and says, look, Eddie, I have one. And since you bought so much over the years from me, I'll give it to you for 500 But you got to send it. I sent him the money overnight, man. It was like I PayPal'd him right on the spot. I got the poster in almost perfect condition. Although the poster is so thin that when you try to un, you know, unfold it, oh, it, yeah. it ripped about half an inch on one side. But, but. I'm going to get a linen backed. I'm waiting on it because it's like $400 to get a linen backed. But the poster itself goes for like $2,000, $3,000. But I also, in the process, came across an original, the bat, which is also, because you, in case you guys don't know, those posters are, uh, the French ones are 57 by 60. They're huge, right? Wow. And um, I said uh, to Jim, my buddy, I said, Jim, uh, I got to get it. He goes, Eddie, you have that. I go, wait a minute. I actually had bought the bat uh, for like a hundred and some dollars over 10, 15 years ago. I haven't seen it. I don't know exactly where it is. It's probably going to show up in the next couple of days in the storage, but I haven't seen the bat in a while, but the bat and the house on Haunted Hill, those two posters, I think in my opinion would be worth to put a thousand dollars into the two posters, get them both linen back and framing. I don't know how much a frame like that would cost, but, uh, you know, it, they would look fabulous if you had the wall space. So, hey, Joe, can I borrow your house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just give me, send me the posters and uh, borrow some room. It, that would probably, man, to frame those, that would probably oh, that would be fortune. Because the it's going to have to be a custom frame, and, man, well, you're going to pay a fortune for that. Yeah, it's not only that. The problem is that I don't know if you can put a, a, a glass that big because the weight would be f- enormous. That's yeah, true. remember we talked about that with the um, what was it that um King Kong poster from 1976 that I got? Was it the 76 poster, Eddie? That what's that that real huge one? Yeah, I think it is 76. Yeah, the one that you got, in, and that well, guess what? You see how big that is? The French ones are bigger than that because that's 40 by 60, I think. Uh, and the French ones are um, I mean the King Kong. I don't know if it's 40 by 60 or a little bigger than that. I thought it was somewhere on 80. Uh, 50 by 80 or something. Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, but it's huge. I mean, it's absolutely wow. huge. Wow. I never heard of a poster that big. 80. Holy smoke. Oh, you yeah. never seen that one, Chuck? I'll have to um I'll have to send you. I, I think I still have photos. I put it in my I, I opened it and put it on my kitchen floor and it took up my entire wow. kitchen. Yeah, you that's did. A big, that's it. a big poster. You Holy. did, you did. And you know, and and you know, not only is it big, but the French posters are larger or wider. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't where where in the world would you put anything that big, and how in the world could you even frame something like that? It's crazy. You know? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to find it online if I because that poster is very hard to find. What it was something from um, 
didn't they offer it in in uh, comic books or something? No, 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 Joe. They they offered it in fame. The only place I ever saw it being offered was Famous Monsters or Filmland, uh, like you know the nineteen seventies issues. Uh, yeah. The thing with that poster is that it's actually the, the that poster was uh, they did a double take on that poster. They took the one where he's holding the girl over the New York City in the one hand, and they actually copied the right hand and and kind of flipped it over. And put it, so if you notice, both hands are identical. And he's over the skyscraper of New York City. That poster I had, and you guys know the story. I mean, Chuck doesn't. But it was stolen from me one time after the fire I had in 1995. Oh, wow. And I was able years later to obtain the poster again in the original envelope it came in. Uh, Joe, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I was thinking about that the other day because I came across the poster. And since you do have that poster... I'm going to try, Joe, to see if I can get this, the, the envelope that it goes in, the oversized envelope, and have the image that comes with the original envelope printed for you. So oh, you can cool. store it in that envelope because, nice. you know, the image, it's just a white envelope. And you can just photocopy and you wouldn't be able to tell if it's an original envelope or not. It could be that good of a copy. But I want to put where there's a kid in front of it pointing to the king kong in the wall and and it's really like a nice envelope for you to put it in um, yeah, i can't even find much information on on online i'd have to go back through my the, um uh what's it called we, my ebay stuff but it's it's man, huge it, it's huge i mean it's huge you know joe there is a guy i i gotta get a hold of him i was thinking about it the other day he actually framed uh, the Creature from the Black Lagoon French poster, and he's standing in front of that, and he did it himself. And what he used to frame it were, uh, you know, like the when you go to Home Depot, you buy those, uh, or, or, or what do you call it, decorative uh, things for your your house that goes like the baseboards and stuff. What do they call those? Not baseboards. The uh, There's wood, pieces of wood that are ornated. They go along the wall. In the bottom of the wall, um, you know what I'm talking about. He made a frame from that, and I wanted him it's to like show the, me the baseboards. Yeah, well, he told me. Yeah, yes, yeah, right, baseboards. He he told me that you know how to do it and stuff, and uh, and then I, I know he did say you have to put like a wire in the back, uh, like a tension wire, uh, kind of like a crisscross because because of the fact that it's so big. He says it tends to want to go like warp, like you know, to the sides. Right, uh, but he did it. He did a good job with that. I don't know if if, if he put plexiglass or uh, the whole thing is it's very hard. I think to be able to get a glass or anything to cover something that big. Yeah, you'd and have to get a, a plexiglass, a thin pe- plexiglass, because it would be so heavy. And yeah, you know that's the problem we looked into trying to. We were talking about you know how would we frame that 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 King Kong poster and just looking at the the wood and the the plexiglass involved, it would be. It would cost more to frame it than the posters, you know, actually worth. Yeah. So well, I, let me, why don't you go ahead and frame yours, Joe, and then tell me how to do it so I can do mine. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to take out a second mortgage just to, to get it framed. But, Chuck, I'll try to find the uh Yeah, try to send it to me. I'd like, like to say, man, I, I've never heard of a poster 80 inches. That's amazing. Hold oh, on. no, well, the, Chuck uh, and, and Joe, I mean, I, I don't know if I've told you, but I have an Italian poster of Frankenstein. It's a three-sheet. Because, you know, posters come in three, four... And this was 108 inches by uh oh my goodness by 60 something. Wow. And they, you know, Frankenstein's on the table. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein's looking at him, and there's like a lightning bolt hitting him. 
the head of Frankenstein. It's a really nice poster. But they, they do have. Oh, you know what I, I just I, hold on. I just found it on my. Um, oh shoot, where did it go? Because we're we're running out of time. I just found it on my eBay here, and it's uh, seventy six by fifty two. Seventy oh. big. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. But hey, guys, we got about forty seconds oh. uh, left here. So, uh, guys, thank you guys for joining us, everyone out there in podcast land. Thank you for listening to us once again. Every week we put out a new podcast. Find us on your favorite platform. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, give us a great review, you know, if, if you're enjoying what we're doing. Also, head over to houseoftheunusual.com. That's our flagship site. Uh, we have a great forum there that's free. And if you want to hear some different stuff or anything or be a guest, let us know there. Uh, drop us a line and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to do that for you. So, guys, that's all we got for the night. Thank you and good night. All right. Good night. Good night. God, God bless. bless everybody. Bye bye.